0: Good morning, everyone. It's really good to be with you, um, as you've tuned, tuning in from St Luke's and St Mary's and, and St Catherine's as well. Uh, and I hope you've been enjoying these uh, sermons in Psalm, in the Psalms, uh, over our summer period. And, and this morning we're having a look together at that reading that we just had read, Psalm uh, five. And like I said, it's it's a Psalm where David, who wrote it, is experiencing. Uh, lousy circumstances because of words people are saying about him just you know look down at verse uh, 6 you can see that uh, you destroy those who tell lies At uh, verse 9 not a word from their mouth can be trusted their throat is an open grave uh, David's in lousy circumstances because of people's words and we're gonna see this morning what does he do in those circumstances and that can help us with what we can do and so there's three Uh, areas we're going to look at this morning first of all is is where does David turn in this situation Uh, the second thing is is why does he turn there what's the basis for doing that and then the third thing is what does he do when he turns there so first of all where does he turn Uh, and the first thing um, is verse one to three he, he turns to the Lord God in prayer that's what he does listen to my words lord consider my lament that word lament is, is like a big sigh it's almost like he he doesn't know what to pray he's not got the words to do it and you see in these verses verses one to three just how personal this is you know look at it listen to my words lord consider my lament hear my cry for help my king and my god It's personal he has got this relationship with the Lord God that is intensely personal. And you see at the end of verse 3, David, he, he prepares this prayer. That's what lay my requests before you means. It's prepared and thought out. And as he's done that, we read at the end of verse 3, David waits expectantly. Like the uh, you know the dog um, at home waiting on on the sofa in the living room for the owner to return from a day at work just knowing he'll be back or she'll be back so that's where he goes he goes to the Lord uh, in prayer but why does he go there what's the basis for doing that well this is look at verse four with me uh, where it starts with a four it's going to give us the reason why David um, turns to God in prayer and the reason he goes to God in prayer is because of what God is like. That's the basis for it. You know, if you were going through a tricky situation and you needed um, some, some help from somebody, some counsel, some advice, you'd you'd go to somebody who you, you know really, someone you, you trust, someone you know is going to listen to you. And it's the same for David. He goes to God because he knows what God is like. And And what's God like? Well, Verse 4, God is, is not someone who is pleased with wickedness. God does not delight in evil. Evil and God cannot be together. It's not possible. Verse 5 to 6, David goes on. He says, the arrogant can't stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. That's quite a shocking verse, isn't it? Yeah, we're, You may be familiar with that, that phrase, God you know, hates the sin but loves uh, the sinner. Well, actually here we're told that God hates the sinner, the evildoer. Now that's not simply referring to people who sin, but people who make it their business to do activity, those who are bloodthirsty. Jesus speaks about those kind of people in Matthew 7. Third basis for for why David goes to God comes in verse 7. You know, it'd be very easy, having just talked about these evildoers, for David to sort of say, well, I'm not like them, to be a bit morally superior. But he doesn't do that. Look at verse 7. But I, by your great love, can come into your house. David realises only because of God acting on his behalf, because he's been drawn by God into that love, that he can even come to pray. David realises he's no better. You know, you might wonder sometimes what's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. Well, the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is that the Christians realise that they're a mess up and they need a saviour and they're broken. They're not morally superior to people who don't trust Jesus, which is realise we need a rescuer. But thirdly, what does David do when he, he turns to God? What does he pray? Well, look at verse 8. He says, lead me, Lord, in your righteousness. See, David's in in, in really bad circumstances. Uh, he's got people around him who are, who are bent on ruining him with their words. And so he doesn't really know how to get through it. So what he prays is he asks God to help him navigate it and honor God through this time. You know, a couple of years ago he had the beast from the east, I don't know if you remember it, but uh, I, I was. Uh, caught in that, I was coming back from London actually, and uh, I parked my car at Market Harbour station and the train pulled up, and uh, the, the snow was coming down fresh, and ordinarily I'd love that, you know, snowball fight, make a snowman, that kind of thing, but it was something like half one in the morning and I wanted to get home, and, and the roads were a nightmare, and I was travelling along the uh, the A6 from Harbour uh, to OB, and, and I couldn't see out of my windscreen at all. It was just this sheet of white. And I was sort of going down the, the road about you know two miles an hour. And all I really could see was was the central reservation. And I was just trying to track that along. I I couldn't see my way through this. That's so all that's very similar to what David is experiencing. He can't see his way through this. And so he prays to God, please guide me, lead me through it. Something else he prays in verse 10, we read he actually prays against his enemies. Look at that. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they've rebelled against you. Oh, again, another quite shocking verse. I wonder, would you pray that? You know, when you hear that, you might think, hang on a I minute. Mean, I thought Jesus teaches us in the New Testament to pray for our enemies, not against them. You may be tuning in and, and, and thinking or heard this opinion that the, that the God of the Old Testament, the, you know, what we're reading now, is different from the God of the New Testament. The you know, God of the Old Testament is one who's angry and, and nasty, and the God of the New Testament is one of love. And verses like this just go to show that. Well, actually, that that idea has been around for centuries. In, in the second century, there was a chap called Marcion, and he thought exactly that, that um, the God of the Old Testament was different to the God in the New Testament. And because of that, we should reject the Old Testament. It's not authoritative. So we need to think, well, what's David getting at here? Do we just think, oh, well, I'll just ignore these difficult bits of the Bible. We'll put them away in, in the drawer and never talk about them. Well, well, no, we, we need to wrestle with this. You see, actually, David here is, is just asking something that... God is going to do in the future anyway. We know that God will judge evil in the future. And so David is asking for that early. And and actually what he's praying is is that he wants his enemies to be taken away, removed from the situation. And, And actually, unless that happens, verse 11 cannot take place. He can't take refuge and be glad. You know, what community could rest um, as long as the murderer is running around. It's as though evil's got to be sorted out and David's asking for that. And actually, it's a good thing that God is like this. It's a good thing that God is against evil. You know, how I treat others and how I treat God matters. You know, it is good that one day there will be a judgment because people have been profoundly hurt and God will one day act justly and will put things right. And that's a good thing. And so David is really just asking for that, reflecting that heart's desire. It's actually a sign of God's love that he acts in this way. Um, Cornell West, who was a professor of philosophy at Harvard University, he said this, Justice is what love looks like in public. Justice is what love looks like in public. And just picking up on that Old Testament, New Testament divide, you know, if you you track through to the New Testament, actually this prayer is reflected in the New Testament in one of the most famous prayers of all time, the Lord's Prayer. It's almost on the words, on the lips of Jesus. Think about the Lord's Prayer. How does it start? It starts... Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It starts with a recognition of who God is and the basis of why we pray to him. It goes on, doesn't it? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's very similar to to those words of Psalm 5. And so then, because of that, what, what does Jesus then ask of us this morning? What's the question that he asks of us in light of Psalm 5? Well, it's this. It's, it's, will you be confident as you pray? Will you be confident as you pray? There's a German theologian called Helmut Thielecker and he tells this story of when he was a boy uh, at school and there was another boy in his class called Hans and Hans was one of those kids who uh, was very lackadaisical in his approach to school. He wouldn't you know, pay attention when the teacher's talking. Um, it looked like he's not doing any work, yet when he was asked a question, he got it right every time. One of those annoying people who could um, ace tests and not do any work. I'm sure you've all encountered those kind of people, right? Anyway, Teelica and his mates, they thought, right, we need to teach this kid a lesson. And so they, uh, they waited for, for Hans before school. And they were going to ambush him and beat him up. And they see Hans being dropped off at school by his father. And Telika notes how he, he sees how um, Hans' dad relates to him. They're talking, they embrace as they say goodbye. Tilica, um, Hans' father strokes his son's cheek and, and runs his hand through his hair. And, and as they part ways, they wave at one another. And Tilica and his friends are, are amazed by this. And he says this, Tilica, whoever was loved by such a father under such protection, could not be harmed. Whoever was loved by such a father, under such protection, could not be harmed. It's a picture, really, of Psalm 5. That David has this confident assurance of of God's protection in this situation. And so, what could it look like for you this morning to say yes to that? To say, yes, I want to be confident as I pray to God. Well, maybe this morning you're in a situation very similar to David. You are on the receiving end of some really harsh words, whether they are uh, about your faith, uh, whether they're about you as a person, and they're really bringing you down. This psalm is encouraging you this morning. Talk to God about it. Go to him in prayer. And if you struggle to to know the words to say, pray this psalm. Just read it out. Pray it out. Maybe you're hearing and and tuning in this morning and, and, and looking at this psalm, you've thought, actually, I need to think about the content of my prayers. What is it that I pray when I pray? You know, what are the words that we use? You know, do we ever declare what God's like in our prayers? Do we say that we... Why we come to him in prayer? Do we thank him for his character? This psalm as well, it gets us to think and be challenged over our use of words and how we use them. And we really need to think about this in an ever-increasing um, digital age. You know, as we encounter one another more and more online, um, we are becoming more and more disembodied. You know, For example, if I have a conversation with you face-to-face, person-to-person... Um, two metres apart, Um, you know, if I say something that upsets you, I can probably see that I've upset you and we can sort that out then and there. But when you say something online, it can be very difficult to know how your words come across. And also, it's not just between you and that person, it's between the whole world. We need to think really carefully about our words and what we say, especially in an online world. Maybe you're tuning into this this morning as well, though, and and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. You wouldn't think, oh, I'm going to go to God in prayer. Maybe you've got loads of questions about Christianity. Well, actually, David himself had lots of questions. You read a lot of the Psalms, there are questions he he raises. So why not maybe this morning take that step to, to just start talking to God, to praying to him, to getting to know him? So we've seen, haven't we, Um, where does David go when he experiences these, these tough words? He goes to God in prayer. Why does he go there? Well, because of who God is. And what does he pray? Well, we saw lots of things. He prays for guidance. He prays against his enemies. And he has this confident assurance. And I pray that this prayer, this psalm, is helpful for us in our own prayer life.